Hello guys, uh, it's your host Dr. Muscovium here and in today, uh, this is the first episode of the podcast and in today's episode uh, we'll be joined by Sanskar, also known as Hypnogod. Hello everyone. So uh, Sanskar is a full stack developer and is currently enrolled in George Mason University. Uh, he is studying IT with the focus of cybersecurity. Am I correct? Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, could you uh, tell us more about yourself? I think you got everything covered. I I went to, I'm going to George Mason. I'm a freshman. I'm a freshman there and yeah, I focus on IT and I've been working on web development for around three years, three or two years. All right. So, uh, one of the main engineering question that I'm going to ask you is, uh, so was there something that motivated you to get into IT and software development? Like what, what made so, you choose this field? So I, IT is like really big field. There's nothing really too specific. And I, I like that vastness. I can do something different than what I'm currently doing. So I can do, I can change my career from cybersecurity cyber to cloud engineering or something of that sort. So I like the idea where I have more, it's more flexible. I can do something. And as for the web development, uh, web development is just a way for me to express my art. Mm-hmm. So uh, the thing that got you motivated is the vastness, uh, vastness of IT and uh, many fields that you can choose uh, inside of it. So that's what I understood. Yep. That's the, the flexibility of it. It's really, it draws me in. Uh, so, like, uh, I heard about other people like uh, Linus Torvalds and uh, other people. They started getting into programming and other stuff by, from their early age. Uh, when was mm-hmm. the first time you started programming? Like, what age around? Was it like so when you were young? Yep, go on. No, mm-hmm. The first time I got started with the programming was in ninth grade. So during that time, ninth or tenth grade, during that time, I took a class called AP Compressance Principles. There was not a lot of coding, but it was like learning the concept or learning how to code, not the coding itself, but uh, you learned how to code. You learned the concepts, you learned the basics, and I got really started around doing my, let's say, sophomore year or junior year of high school, where I, where I started making websites uh, when I was working on a, a, like, a website for school where students could learn cybersecurity. That's where I got really into both cybersecurity and website development.
Could you give us more information on the product that you worked on uh, for so the, the school? Mm -hmm. So what Dr. Moscovin has talked about is I created, a, I and a couple of other people created a project called Freedom CTF uh, in our high school years. In that project, what we did was we, create, we created a website from the scratch up. So we did everything from back end, front end, the UI designing, all those from from the scratch, and built a website where where students can practice cybersecurity, where someone who has not started cybersecurity can learn and improve their skills. They can explore. They can try out different things from from like uh, crypto to web web hacking to forensic to stack all those uh so how was your experience working on that project it, it was all right it's mostly grinding like the hard code like hard stuff so I, I didn't have any prior experience doing this project and starting it it was like it was like kind of like the first time i got started with the coding so it, it is hard. It is not an easy thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do, so, what do you think are your achievements, or what do you think, what experience or what knowledge did you gain from working on that project? I mean, everything I've learned kind of goes back to FreeMCTF. So, I mean, I learned the whole software development cycle in that so it was like kind of like the starting point it, it was pretty big it has it has pretty big influence i learned new stuff i learned a framework i who had no experience with javascript uh was able to like work with the react js framework so and which i think i'm kind of proficient on it so uh, for people who are trying to start out uh, with coding, web development, JavaScript, what advice would you like to give them? Watch some YouTube videos. There are pretty good YouTube videos online. It will help you get like set up. So the first thing you should probably do is, if you're really serious about it, you should download the, set up the environment, download the code, like software is needed. And if you're not that serious and just want to try out how to do this, go to like online website like Repl or something similar where you can try out, try it out. You won't be able to do lot a lot of coding, but you will be able to see how it works. So you can probably start out there and start building projects. Uh, what other projects have you worked on? So again, once the project was free MCTF, then the other one was a Reddit clone that we called Reddit. So Reddit was one of the, it was like a replica of Reddit where students can post their questions and people, students in Lowen County could help them. Mm -hmm. So then I made a Git documentation just so I can learn how Git works. I can go more in depth on it. And 
it was kind of like I learned it and I tried to explain it. So I increased my own learning. So I created a Git documentation website, and there like whole other bunch. So uh, can you explain what uh, Git is? Uh, so Git is basically version control, where you can you can add your projects, add your add your code that you write, like have written in a website called GitHub. So there are other things that you can upload your code to, but I'll go more in depth about GitHub since it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest. So basically you can clone, uh, you can find other other repositories or like folders with code in it and clone them. You can learn stuff from them. You can add it own on that database. You can manage your files using Git. It's really a Uh, it cut off. I I had a call. Sorry uh, about that. Yeah, you're talking about Git. Mm-hmm. So Git is really a big topic. I don't know how much I talked and it got cut off, but uh, it's really a big topic that I can't really explain it right now. Right, no problem. So. Uh, how would you, so, uh, I think you worked on Freedom CTF as a team, right? Mm-hmm. How was the team experience of it? How, how does working in a team, uh, differ than working by yourself in a project? Working on a team is a lot more political. Uh, it elaborate more on your experience your political experience while working on the team so uh i, I was waiting for your like ambulance to go out like go out so you can edit that part just a second so as i was talking about how like project is different from how working alone is different from working with the team so working on a team is a lot more political there's a lot more politics going on you have to make sure that that you have approval of everyone before starting it. You need to like you need to make sure you have like proper communication with the team. You should communicate ideas, you should communicate what changes you made, just so they can they know what's going on and they don't feel left alone. Working on a team is a lot more easier if you have some big projects. So uh, otherwise, it's kind of a hassle. So, uh, how big was our team? So, we had, I I think we had around five members and a couple of other that people who were just coming in and going out. And we had, so two, me and Griffin Johnson worked on the front end. And there are two more other people who worked on the back end and the one who and there was one who just left and came back again and again, but didn't really do anything other than the planning. So not a whole like big, not a big team. This is small. 
So, uh, was it difficult managing the team? Did you face any difficulties while managing the team? Uh, getting team to stay on task, uh, focus on certain aspect of the thing, of the, of the project? Most of my teammates were, I mean, they could handle themselves. I didn't need to tell them what to do. They're able to do their own thing and we're able to finish it. The only thing I needed to do was I needed to give them tasks. So I need to specify what tasks to do. Otherwise, they they won't be. They are not able to decide what to do. They need some kind of like someone pointing out what tasks to do. The list, and that's about it. Other than that, they were independent. They did all their own stuff. Uh, so, uh, what software development lifecycle did you guys use? Uh, we didn't use anything. We are just. I learned about it, but we didn't use anything. We we're just doing it on our own free time. So there's no like meeting. We didn't have steady amount of meeting. We kind of went through Agile, right? And Scrum, we kind of tested out. I think, I believe one of the member tested out, but it failed. Mm-hmm. And for the whole software development, like the cycle, we we went through pretty normal. We built our prototype, we tested it, we fix some errors. So we planned at the start. Nice. Uh... Yeah. So you okay. So how was your relationship with your team members while working on the project? I think it was pretty good. We didn't it was not really com it was not really complex since we're not going for the profit, so there's no no money involved. We did have a sponsor, but it is mostly for the website itself. So we kind of did it as we completed the project for Freedom City F as a volunteer rather than working for them. So uh so what do you mean by relation? So anything specific? So, you know, uh, in a team, whenever you're working, there are like fights, arguments, and other stuff. Like, like uh, there are times when uh, a team member won't like someone else's decision, and they might do something to provoke them or to try to get them out of the team so that they can have their way. Uh, did anything like that happen in your team? <laughs> so... We did have some disagreements, so especially regarding the front end ex- aspects. I was not really, really compromising a lot of stuff about front end. I mean, I did compromise, but you know, it, this front end is a lot more complex. We had a lot more designing. That our end result was was kind of bad. So that's one of the regrets I have. So again, so regarding the arguments i think overall we are pretty friendly we it is not that it's not that all pickles kind of but not that much but you know we did have some disagreements but we sorted out mm-hmm. so uh 
how was your experience working on the front end? How hard it is compared to back end uh, from your understanding? Or how easy it is? Or... Mm, so back end is not a lot of coding. It's just like thinking about how that works. So if you, if you know what you're doing, back end is not hard. It's not, if you, if you have some experience, you'll get used to back end. It's just thinking. It's a lot more logical thinking than the front end. Front end is a lot more. It is lot lots of things going on. It's the main like framework that the user are looking at. It's like the first impression that user gets. So it's really important. I believe good front end is is kind of better than the good back end. It's almost necessary if you are dealing with some people. Uh, so front end is a lot more. How, how do I say this? It's it's a lot more manual work than the back end. So, from what I understood, you said that in front end, uh, you won't need a lot of logic, but you would need to manually uh, adjust the uh, div or manually adjust the span or the colors. But in back end, it's like... So, yeah, so choosing the colors... And choosing like the spacing, all this, how the spaces goes, how I want the first impression to be, it's hard. It's really difficult. The front end, it's just not. It's not just learning about the, you know, the software itself. Like the, not just learning about CSS, HTML, JavaScript. It's much more like design, which is its own old, like its own field. So, uh, if we split the whole thing up in like four or five uh, different specialization like there are people specializing in just the uh, front-end design of it mm -hmm. and there are people who do the ux part and then person who do the just the co hard coding or like just working on the framework based mm -hmm. on what the design people and the ux people gave the information mm -hmm. so if you had a uh uh assembly line something like that like a design creates a mm -hmm. design ux reviews that design and uh, gives the feedback on how the design will impact the ux and front end's uh, engineer's job is just to create it out mm -hmm. do you think that will make the front end uh developer jobs easy or make it harder it'll make it 100 percent easy it's going to be a lot more easier. Just coding stuff, It's you can breeze through it. It's a little bit difficult, like, putting the actual design in your website. So that's a little bit difficult. But other than that, it's going to be easy. Easy. Really easy. Of course, we get, if you need to, we need to have a... There will be, like, disagreements between the front, like, the developer and the UX guy and the UI guy. There will be, like, some disagreements, so... If you can sort that out and just do the coding part, it's going to be a lot more easier. Okay, so just the coding part is not hard. Uh, coming up with the thinking, even in front end and back end, the coding mm -hmm. part is not that hard because once you train in no. it, it'll be easy. But It's the, like muscle memory. Yeah, the hard part is coming up with the logic and in the uh, back end is how would you be more efficient and in the front end is how you would attract more people. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. 
So you uh, want to present it nicely. So what are uh, do you have any tips for people who uh, are trying to design something? Like what are the things that they should focus on to get the best design, or how what their thinking process should be to come up with the best design idea possible? So first of all, you need to create some kind of design. So what are you thinking of? Let's say you're you're working on building a website. So the first thing you should do is you should probably design how your website looks. Do you want something to be bigger, something to be smaller? Do you want some logo? Do you want some kind of colors? So what what are some colors you want? What do you want to present? So what color like would represent your business or your project? So these are the things you should sort it out, sort it out. Then you'll go with the actual like Figma design, the Adobe design part. So you want to make sure that any image you use, it's actually like compatible with the with your website. So if you're using some kind of small website and want to like make it so it like takes up the whole screen, it won't work. There will be some problems. There will be some like image. What do you call that? So the image would would not look that good. Again, these are just the fronted part for the back end, you will need to think about how the structure would work. Is that did I answer your question? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you did answer my question. Mm -hmm. So to go uh, to dive deeper into uh, the full stack development or the web development part. Mm -hmm. uh, when you created uh, your project Freedom CTF, what stack did mm -hmm. you use? So, um, for the front end part, we started out with HTML, then we moved out to ReactJS because one of the people, one of the person, people who were working with, so Griffin Johnson insisted that we use ReactJS. So we we started we used ReactJS for the front end. For the back end, we use SQL and Flask. And we use Docker and Kubernetes, not Kubernetes, but Redis to manage all the things. Nice. I'm not that familiar with the back end. So uh, how did you guys divide up uh, your team to do the tasks? Oh, uh, yeah, you already talked so, about it. Two people did the front end and two people did mm -hmm. the back end. Yeah. So yeah. Could you go uh, dive deep into it? Like uh, how? So even when we are working with two people, right? So uh, there are times mm -hmm. when we don't know what to work on. How did you guys mm -hmm. manage all that? Like there's two people working on a project. Was there a a, a to do list, or did you guys divide, create stories, or divide small tasks, or how did you manage? We just went through it. There's nothing like specific about what a specific person should do we just worked on it and we had we're in this call discord call for so he loved prime most of the period i think so we kind of talked it up but there is nothing really to do until the latter like stage of it latter stage of the software development so the first for the initial one we just like 
talk to it and work on it according to that. So uh, you said you guys just contribute whatever you can to the project without like mm-hmm. specific uh, problem or things that one should handle. No, I think that we we are all starting out. I think for most of us, it was our first project, so we didn't know what we we like we should do. Uh, so was there a force that was holding you guys together from breaking apart? Like, because uh, since everyone was just starting out, there should be at least something or something holding you guys together to keep you guys motivated and then push through all the things like times when you guys didn't know what to do. Was there something, someone who guided you? Uh, not really. One of the per- per- people that on our team was really experienced. I think he had some experience working with software development. And he kind of made sure that we didn't fall out too much. And we also had some teachers who would help out if needed. So, uh, yeah, you talk, okay, teachers. How big was this mm-hmm. project? Uh, what was the result? What did you guys achieve from this project? So if you're talking about the project size, I would say it was like county-wide. So it covered the whole Loudoun County. And so we had around 500 students participating on a, actively participating. I mean, not people, but teams. Teams are four, three, two actively participating in our like CTF so it, it is a small scale it was not that large there's it, it is all right number I would say especially for getting started mm-hmm. uh, so in a CTF you guys have to also create questions challenges uh, mm-hmm how was your experience or working or creating challenges? Was it hard? Was it easy? Did you learn new stuff while creating challenges? I mean, throughout the project, I learned new stuff. So yeah, I, I did learn some new stuff. I learned more about some of the tools, some of the tools used to create. So solving a CTF problem and creating one are a, I love it's, it's, it's a big difference. I have to think more about the security of the site itself, security of the problem. Make sure that you're not revealing sensitive information when you're doing some Wireshark challenge. Uh, okay. Uh, can you talk about the sensitive information about Wireshark? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, you know, one of the problems we accident what the members actually leaked the admin password for the site so so some of the people good people quoted it to us like in like in like nice time so there was like we had it was really good that we didn't have any accidents since the admin password for the site was leaked and someone quote removed the, all of the questions mm-hmm so what are what's your thought on that person who leaked the uh, password? Do you think this would uh, get out of the team? <laughs> yeah, I think they should they should get out of the team. No, I, accidents happen. It's fine. 
uh, did you make did you uh, had any accidents or did you make any mistakes while uh, creating challenges oh yeah i made a lot of mistakes some of the challenges i wrote down the wrong answer some people had to correct me some people have to like had they had to tell me that there's something wrong with, wrong with the problem i mistakenly like uh said created a like like switch two different questions and answer for that so those are some problems then we had some problems with the site itself where the spacing was an issue so if there is wrong spacing you will get a wrong so let's say it's incorrect so that that is one of the problems overall we had tons of bugs it was our community was really nice they helped us fix it so uh did you have any people testing it out like uh, was there any uh, beta releases alpha release or was it just okay we're done let's just host the ctf and there weren't many people testing it out mm. there were not really many people testing it out most people who were testing had no clue what was going on so they were just like just there they didn't even try to do anything our we we made sure that we had a couple of people testing it actually so we had around 30 people who were testing out 30 students mm -hmm. but they didn't really try to break it they didn't they didn't have the mindset of testing it so so uh, we found no problems uh i i i i learned this from an inside source that uh there mm -hmm. were people from your team who went to <laughs> different classes and presented your ideas uh mm -hmm. what do you think that was a good decision of like doing that or do you think there was a better way of testing it out so i i do think it's a good idea it was a good idea we are, so our main goal of the freedom ctf was to get more people to involve in cybersecurity and i think it is one of the process that did help us get involved although not a few, not a lot of students were interested on freedom ctf i think for those that were interested did really well so it was a good way to introduce people it was a good way to see like see how people think about the project itself it would have been better if you were able to like go on physical classroom instead of like presenting presenting it on a on a zoom call mm -hmm. so if you Uh, had the option to redo the project uh from learning from your experience what would you do differently this time i would spend more time creating the challenge itself and we need to make sure that our challenges are user friendly most people our current challenges the previous challenges even though we try to make it friendly it's not that big in a friend they need to have they need to have had some kind of like motivation to search up it, search it or need to mo be motivated enough to i mean they need to have previous like backgrounds learning experience to actually solve some of the challenges it is not really it is not really beginner friendly so uh there was one time when i participated in a ctf that was really beginner friendly mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and what it was was basically 
uh searching up question online and the first mm-hmm. result would be the answer and i got almost all of it correct but i got bored after five minutes mm-hmm. right and so i i I do see like your point, but our main purpose of the project was to introduce Pigment to cybersecurity, and we are able, we are not able to. We kind of did accomplish that goal, but you know, the questions were a little bit too hard. Most people got scared away. I think that's one of the problems, and I do understand your concerns. We did have some of the hard problems. I mean, some of the problems were it's so hard that. Even the creators could not solve it. Uh, I'm talking about the crap. Like which one? So I was talking about uh, the karate video one. Let's not go over it since I'm not familiar with it. Uh, okay, I have some inside source on that challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that challenge is a true crypt uh, database challenge <laughs> where. Uh, it it uh, it stores a file inside an encrypted disk and to mm-hmm. solve it you have to use hashcat to uh break the password mm-hmm. right it's not unsolvable the only thing is a resource needed to solve it and from what i remember from what i my insights were told me that uh the your team didn't have enough uh gpu power to compute the uh to crack the hash that's why uh, your admin wasn't able to solve it. I mean, if we are not able to solve it, other the beginners won't be able to solve it either. So that's our negligence on that part. We don't expect uh, students to have high GPU. We just expect them to have a Chromebook so they can solve challenges there. So, uh, how many participants were there? Uh, I think I said that before, but there was around 1,000 people who actually signed up and around 200 to 500 people actually participated. And uh, were you guys... Like... Yeah, go on. So, after like 500 people who participated, only like 100 people were actually actively doing it, actively competing. So were you guys active with the community? Were you guys answering I think questions? The, I think one of the best part about hosting a CTF is the community itself. We had a lot of fun actually with the community itself than rather than building the whole project. I think that's that is kind of a reward with all the hardship. People were really thankful for, to us about like creating the CPF, bring it in, bring it in. So I think it was really nice to see the response of the community. Uh, also, uh, I remember that you guys did multiple CTF, right? At least twice. So we. Uh, we hosted the CTF twice. Once a time was, it, it was like initial. The first one was like initial phase, where you see where we like try to see the response. It, it it was kind of like beta testing, if you must say. But you know, we wanted to see the response. Then the second time was the actual big one, where 
lot of people were competing. So what changes did you make from your first CTF to the next one? Our so most of our bugs were found in the second CTF, so that was a big change. And we added new features both admin side and the user sides or during that time. And most of the challenges were better. Most well it is well thought out compared to the previous one. Nice. Oh, and did you have any prizes? So we did have some prizes. Uh, it was a, I believe it was a gift card. Do not remember which one it was, like which, I, it might be Amazon or something like that, but we had some gift card for top three or five people. Nice. Uh, so what are what what are your plans now like uh, since you have so much experience with uh, creating a ctf with cyber security and you have done some a lot of web web projects uh mm -hmm. what are you gonna what what will you be focusing on for your in, in the future i think the learning never stops so i'll probably be learning some new kind of algorithms or AI, learning how AI works, machine learning, all those stuff. I, those are some of the topics that I'm interested in. So I'll probably look at it sometime once I'm done with some of the current projects that I'm working on. And for like, I, I want to host a new CTF really soon. I do plan on, <laughs> I think it'll be interesting if you can like make it more, I want to make it more bigger than the Freedom CTF. The Freedom CTF is for the Loudoun County and it will stay that way for years to come. However, I want to create something that's a little bit bigger than the Loudoun. Uh, so, uh, you're currently enrolled in George Mason University, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and if I'm not wrong, they have Patriot CTF every year. Have you planned on mm -hmm. joining them? Or have you ever thought no, about it? I I have thought about joining them, but I do not plan on doing it. Uh, so why is that? So I have a time conflict with with how the club works for Patriot CTF. So I would not be able to join them. So uh, you said that you want to focus on machine learning, uh, AI and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any recommendation to people who want to do it? Like, do you have a, a path that you follow when you try to learn a new topic? Uh, not really. I'm just curious about some topics and I just search it up in GitHub which has really lots of nice resources. I can look it up in Google and just find the top, like first few uh, videos that I've seen YouTube, Google. And there are a couple of good people who teaches like good. There are a couple of good channels on YouTube who are really good with teaching. Some of them are like freedom. 
I do not remember. It's called Code Camp. I think Free Code Camp. Mm -hmm. They have lots of videos, which are really, which if you like want to learn something, you should probably check it out. So, uh, and, yeah, go on. And Dr. Moskogan is also teaching on YouTube, so you should probably check that out. Uh, so, are there any other YouTubers that you recommend or resources? Um, if you want to learn cybersecurity, you should check out Cyber Mentor. And I think if you like, if you're trying to learn cybersecurity passively without actively like learning stuff, you should follow some people on social media. It'll kind of get the feel of how everything's going on. If you do. Uh, are there any uh, social media influencer f for cybersecurity that you think people should follow? That you recommend people to follow? So there is a couple of them. Let me look it up. So again, one of the people is Cyber Mentor. Other people is Trusted Sec. And let's see. Let me go through scroll. Then there's a couple of people who I kind of big. For example, let's say Human Hacker, mm, Hacking Dave, let's see, what other people? Marcus Tech Blog, I mean, Moderate Tech Blog. So these are some of the top few that I recommend looking at. Uh. And for the YouTubers, it was Cyber Mentor. For YouTuber, Cyber Mentor is like one of the biggest first time security. Uh huh. And there's John Hammond too. If you're like kind of looking at CTFs. Nice. Uh, uh, so there are some people that I know, like uh, Hacker Exploit. Hacker Exploit, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he does uh, like more real world uh, explanation of stuff. Mm -hmm. and I think he's he's pretty good here. I think it's a yep. He's pretty good. I I I think I've seen a couple of videos from him. And I think the other person is uh, Ipsic. Uh, he is like the founder, not the founder, but one of the, uh, big member of Hack the Box community. Mm -hmm. And, oh yeah, do you think Hack the Box, like working, doing the Hack the Box and try Hack Me challenges helps beginner with, uh, cybersecurity or not? It's better than doing nothing. It'll get you started. It'll get you learning new stuff. So I think it's. You should do it if you're interested in it. So, uh, let's say I don't know anything, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even know a single uh, thing about computers, but I want to learn cybersecurity. Do you think I should still pursue cybersecurity or do you think uh, I should just choose another passion? If you don't know anything, don't start with cybersecurity. Start with IT, then move on to cybersecurity. IT and cybersecurity are it's similar similar things, but 
it's kind of different. IT is more beginner friendly, while cybersecurity, it's more for people who have some kind of experience. And if you are like just getting started, look at CPF. Please, please, don't get you started. Some. So, uh, if I want to be the self-taught developer. Like uh, if I don't go mm-hmm. to uh college or if I don't want a degree, how what are the paths that I should follow to uh be a good developer? First, if you don't have any experience, join a bootcamp. Even though some most of them most of them are like a scam, but you know some of them are pretty good. They'll work you. So they're. They're gonna make you work like twelve hours a day, and it's gonna get, it's gonna like, and push you. So only do bootcamp. Again, let me rephrase it. Only do bootcamp if you have some kind of experience. If you go there without experience, it, it it's gonna be really hard. It's possible, but it's gonna be really hard. Then if you have like, if you don't want to go to the bootcamp path, uh. Get yourself like, go look up how to do learn HTML, how to learn Python, how to learn JavaScript, and look at some of the videos. These videos are are like experience of a developer shortened down to one hour. They're pretty good, and you can look at some websites such as Pretty Code Camp. Join them. These like help guide you. So uh, the best way to get started to IT is by learning how to do HTML development. So not really, I mean IT, but the step up for, for IT, I I do not really know the path. I'm just getting started myself. So. So what are you doing? So, so for IT, you think uh, someone should do CTF? So I think getting CTF, learning like following Professor Messer who will teach you like some of the certifications basic. You need to get the certification. It's kind of useless, but you know, it will get you, it will, it will help you learn the basics. So how does uh, IT, computer science, computer engineering, and cybersecurity engineering differ? Mm, I do not know. So cybersecurity, I think it's more like you practice that IT is more like a concept. Computer science is learning how to code, while IT is not really learning how to code. And as for computer engineering, I have no idea. I think it's the thought process. Okay. So why did you choose IT? I mean, I didn't want to take math. I thought IT would be a pretty good choice. And that's the only reason I chose. Chose like IT. I have no other reason than that. So there are people who don't want to get into software development and uh, programming and computer science or the Mm -hmm. ITs just because they are scared of math. Uh, Do you have anything that you want to say to people like those? I mean, they probably are not scared of math. They probably don't want to learn math. 
and I completely understand that as I'm one of these people. But you know, coding is not about math. There's a lot more aspects than that. If you don't want to code and still want to get into tech, you can probably do something like project manager. Just need to understand how everything works. So you didn't need to. You don't need to code it yourself, but you know, you you need to get the idea. First. So you said you don't want to learn math, but then you also said you want to learn machine learning. Uh, so, yeah, go on. Again, I w- I want to learn math on my own time. I don't want to take classes, but I want to learn. So, I want to learn what I want, not the. So I don't want to take like school route of math. so from what, so you're saying that uh in machine learning you don't need any of the school math or like i mean uh school math or you college math need. will be a lot more than just what you need for machine learning i mean you probably need it but i don't i do not want to spend my time like one year or like one semester just learning math i want to spend my own time i want to learn slowly great and like i do not think i would remember most of the college math while i'm doing like machine learning i'll i'll forget about it so have I you find it oh yeah go on mm, i find i find it unnecessary to learn to use like call learn math in college you can learn by yourself that's my thought process All right. So uh have you heard of quantum computing? I have heard of that. Not I do not know much about it though. Uh so we have about 10 minutes left. Uh so mm-hmm. could you uh <laughs> tell us what are the technology that you are uh like that you want to see in the next 10 years or like that you think will be the most prominent in the next 10 years I mean, for the next 10 years i think the cryptos the blockchain are going to be what the top few then there's going to be machine learning then uh machine learning ais all those those are going to get pretty big and those are about it from what is do you and, think and cloud computing will get bigger uh-huh uh do you think that uh we will achieve uh singularity in the next decade can you explain what you mean by singularity uh, uh the singularity as in the machine being able to think like human are we seen having yet. consciousness do you think uh when do you think we'll achieve that if we will ever achieve that uh, stage when we have enough data that's about it and i mean if you i don't think you have looked at the news that much but if you go at the news one of the big like success currently is training how to use one of the brain cells to play game of ping pong so if you use that and use that and like 
incorporate with the AI, I think that can get pretty dangerous. And other than that, we just need big enough data. And what are your thoughts on Neuralink? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think it will uh, impact the human society once it's fully like so let's say everyone in the society is cyborg uh do you think that's a good thing or would that affect society in a bad way it's it's not necessarily a good thing or bad thing it's just whether we need it or not uh do you think we need I mean, it if some people we don't need it i mean we have we are living without it. It's it's going to be fine. But you know, if other pe- if some people are gonna use it, other people are forced to use it. Since they are like, they won't have the same. They don't have the same advantage. So I think that's gonna pressurize most of the people to use it. But there are still gonna be people who won't. Mm. Okay. It's just like some of the people are refusing, like, there are people who refuse to use cell phones because they don't want to. So, uh, thank you for uh, coming to this podcast. Uh, It was wonderful talking to you and uh, hearing your thoughts on the future and learning about your projects and your experience working on those projects uh is there any uh last minute advice that you want to give to our listeners get yourself started that's the most important part everything else is easy so getting out of that comfort zone and just getting started is the hard part and once you get started Mm -hmm. everything will be easy No, at least you'll get started. It won't be easy, but, you know, you'll get started. And how hard it is to achieve one's goal? Will it be easy or will there be struggle? What what do you, how prepared do you need to be before you get started on something? I mean, depends on your goal, but you don't need to be prepared at all. You can just go now, search up how to do this, that, and you'll be able to do it. It it will take a couple of days too. It might take a couple of days for you, but you know, just some YouTube videos will get you started. All right. Thank you for your time. You have a wonderful day. Uh, anything you want to say to the viewers? Now is your time. Don't use Vim. Don't use what? Don't use Vim. Vim. <laughs> Okay, so uh, one of the main thing that Mr. Sanskar or aka Hypnogod told me was don't use Vim, use NeoVim and I completely agree with him. NeoVim is better than Vim. That's true. Alright guys, peace out. See you in the next episode.